All right, friends, today we're talking about how to set your homestead up to be protected from the man, from your neighbors, from everything in between and making sure that you're getting the best tax advantages that there are. Full disclosure, we are not CPAs. We are not tax lawyers. We are, however, homesteaders that have learned a good bit of this the hard way. So come join us as we tell you what we've learned so far. Hey, friends. Welcome to The Schoolhouse Life, where we answer your pressing questions and share useful tools for creating your most fulfilling, self-sufficient family homestead. We go back to basics in all things family, faith, and farming, and we're eager to teach you what we've learned, everything from growing a garden to earning an income to living a less toxic and more nature-based lifestyle. We're thrilled you're here and hope you leave inspired to live your life as a schoolhouse too. All right, so... Lacey, I feel like this starts for me when we were slaughtering chickens Mm. in the front pasture by the road. And Mm. then the local, I don't know what that guy was, state enforcement guy came and told us we couldn't do that. Mm -hmm. And then we were kind of like, well, I guess we should look into it. Can we do that or can we not do that? Like At that point, I think we kind of knew already that it was ridiculous and we were most likely okay. Although there was a little bit in the back of my mind. Well, you would think that the guy showing up would know before he got here. Yeah. Whether we'd done anything against the rules or not. Right. And so I feel like that's lesson number one for this is that authorities from the state on up the county, the town can show up and they could just be talking out of their butt. Mm. Like probably don't know what they're talking about. This guy could not show us any actual physical laws. He still might show back up because he, when he left six months, a year ago, yeah, he, he said, well, I'll come back. It was like two years ago. Was it that long ago? Yeah. It was. So just to lay out the story though, I don't know if you don't know, we were, uh, we had chicken slaughtering day. We have a front pasture that's really close to a main road and we do it in that pasture for a few reasons. It's the only really level spot on our property. Yeah. Um, it's where the chickens were. It has good water access. (laughs) It has good water access. It has good storage access for all the equipment that we use for slaughter day. And yeah, it was the best place to do it. Well, and we've we've determined when we slaughter chickens, one of the best things you can do is return as much of that nutrient back to the pasture as Mm -hmm. possible, including all the water that you use for the plucker and the tables and everything. So instead of hauling all that fertility off the pasture and flushing it down the driveway, we just do it in the pasture so that it's going right back to the pasture. Right back in. And we've seen like huge results from that. Yeah. And yeah. You can tell where, where exactly we've plucked chickens yeah. now. Yeah. Uh, there are spots all over. But anyway, so, you know, we had a lot of, a myriad of reasons. Granted, yes, we knew people were driving by. There is quite a curve in our road right where yeah. we live, though. So you really have to be looking at the road. You really should be looking at the road right. when you're driving. There's not a straight shot. And so, and people usually come around that curve way too quickly. But apparently, somebody noticed what we were doing. And complained. And complained. So the steps that we recommend to most people when they are setting or have set up their homestead, when they've moved onto their homestead, is number one, get an FSA number, which is a federal... This farm. is this is really like pertinent only in the situation where you live in the country. If you live in the city, then there's going to be ordinances that you have to follow that are different. And those vary and can be changed. And we know a lot yeah. of people who've been working for in their city, like, for example, if you want to raise chickens or bees or whatever, and they're saying, no, you can't. A lot of times the city towns and whatever are primed and ready to say yes now, because clearly it's become a thing for people yeah. to have chickens in the city. And, and so if that's something that you want to do, don't let even if the ordinance say no right now. 
Right. Or your HOA, even if it says no rain. Gather up some neighbors. Right, exactly. And fight it. But the FSA number is through the county extensions. So every state has county extensions, which is like they're supposed to be like kind of like the advisors mm. for the farmers. It's very, very conventional. So just be prepared for that. And it generally originates, I think, does it everywhere originates from a college or a university? An ag school, yeah. An ag school. So like in North Carolina, there's NC State and NC A&T. And those are the two, depending on where you live, that you get your extensions agents from. And they are trained from... Uh, they went to com- school, a, uh, yeah, yeah, they're Yeah, from a conventional setup. So it's not... It's challenging. Well, if you're doing anything against the grain, they'll say, oh, you should apply yeah. for this uh, this grant, right? right? And the grant is only going to go to somebody who's doing things by the book. Yeah, yeah. But that FSA number is what you need to apply for, like, 99% of grants, mm-hmm. especially any from the government. Yeah. Words like grass-fed and sustainable and regenerative are not words that they Well, are. regenerative is now. Well, yeah. sort of. Sort of, sort yeah. Of. Last yeah. time we applied for a grant, they said, yeah, don't use any of those kinds of words. Yeah, that's true. But so that's the first one. The next one you want to look for is a bonafide farm status. And this one, I think, is like one of the best ones, but you can't get it before you have an FSA number. The bonafide farm status just gives you like all this extra protection. For one, it allows you to build structures on your property that don't necessarily have to meet structural codes. So you can like throw up a pole barn and you don't have to get the structure inspected, which Mm. to me is like a huge thing. Um, you can have like roadside stands and all these other things, but then also it protects you from doing activities on the farm, like slaughtering and that kind of thing when you're a bona fide farm. It gets you tax breaks. That's the next one. Okay. So pre- then the next one is present use status, which is a land use status that puts your status of your land as agricultural. And there's a lot of qualifications for this. And this is through the county planning department. So every one of these, you have to like find where it is. Bona- every county is different. Yeah, every county is different. Like stipulations range from like yeah. your acreage, how much is actually being used for agriculture immediately, right. you know, where it is in the county. Yeah. So like for ours, you have to, in Guilford County, it has to be 10 acres or more, but they count the house site as an acre and they take that away from your 10 acres. So our one property is 10 and a half, but they take an acre away for the house so that it doesn't qualify. Some counties will reduce the home site size. So, oh, well, and if you look at our home site, it is yeah. definitely part of the farm. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the animals are all but 10 feet from right. the house. And-, and the lady was like, and you also have an acre pond and that, so that doesn't count. And I was like, well, you know, we use the acre pond. I feel like I already learned so many lessons of I should have come back and I probably will at some point and be like, you know, we use the farm for some kind of aquaponics Mm -hmm. or, you know, like every aspect of it, we're using it. I mean, watering your animals out of a pond, I feel like should make it clearly this lady Mm -hmm. is not a farmer. Mm -hmm. But um, so that that's a great one. That's the or that's the present use tax. So that that reduces how much taxes you pay on your property, which like it reduces it by over 80%. So, But the bona fide farm means that you can claim a lot of things as farm use and get deducted taxes for that. Um, So that's sales tax exempt, ah, okay. which is another one. <laughs> and the sales tax exempt is what Lacey said. You can buy some products and be exempt from sales Tractors, tax. barns. Yeah. Like a lot of times people who just have a lot of land or are right. wealthy do this just so they can write off everything, all the little things they do on their farm. Well, that would be more, yeah, that's more on your federal and state taxes as mm-hmm. like a tax, tax expense 
Mm-hmm. So that would be like a Schedule F mm-hmm. deduction. The sales tax exempt, though, is for if for you, what you sell. For what you sell and what you buy, mm-hmm. you can not have to pay sales tax on some of those mm-hmm. things. But again, that's there's a lot of criteria to meet that. And that's through the NCDOR, Department of Revenue. So if you're in a different state, just look for your Department of Revenue for that. <laughs> the North Carolina liability mm-hmm. for farmers is huge. So that one is like if someone comes on your farm and trips and falls, you're automatically like don't have to deal with liability. I think it's a huge one for like protecting farmers like North Carolina in particular is very farmer conscious farmer or farmer friendly. friendly. Yeah. yeah. Agriculture friendly. Agriculture friendly. So when you're doing agritourism is another one where that liability, you literally just have to put a sign up on your door mm-hmm. and then that's like, that's it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's supposed to protect you. When I talked to our insurance agent, he was like, yeah, that pretty much is all you have to have. Mm-hmm. You know, of course they want to sell you more liability, but that <laughs> that's about it. And then the last thing that I think is important that I had kind of at the beginning of my notes, but it was the Farm to Consumer Legal Defense Fund. Mm. So this is uh, farmtoconsumer.org, and they have like a homesteader level. I think it's $75 for the year, and it basically gives you a set of lawyers that are specific to the North, or not North Carolina, but the nation. U.S., yeah. Yeah, the U.S., on like agricultural law. So if you have, like, if you want a liability waiver, you can write them and say, hey, can you help me with a liability waiver? Or if you want to do a food club, they'll help you write up the food club contract. Um, contract. Um, we've done it for like a herd share for like beef. They helped us write that up so that we stay within all the legal parameters of Leasland, North Carolina. Oh, yeah. yeah. For our leaseland, mm-hmm. they helped us write that one up. It's well worth the money and it's a great organization. And if anything, a foul went afoul, then you can... Yeah, they have like an emergency hotline that yeah. you can call and, you know, the the authorities show up on your property and say, hey, you can't sell raw milk that you can say, hold on, talk to my lawyers and you call this number. And, yeah. you know, like that to me is like priceless. Yeah, yeah. Really and we're not getting any kind of <laughs> kickbacks or anything from them. I just think it's super no, important. Sir. Yeah, right. Yeah. Maybe we should. like. And then the other one is North Carolina has a voluntary ag district that you can sign up for. And that just gives you another layer of protection when someone in your area buys a house the real estate agent has to disclose that hey there's a farm down the road it there's other benefits to it also i think a lot of times when you're driving out in the country you'll see, you'll a see the sign, sign. That says, this is in the agricultural area or yeah. agricultural zone or whatever it's the one we haven't done yet that i want to do just because yeah. i mean yeah i think the more layers that you can do the better well and just one thing that kind of it came up recently and i know we've had you know we figured out is if you have power lines on your property, this is not yeah. it's a little outside the realm, but you can reach out to your power company and let them know this happened the bad way because they came and sprayed and killed some of our bushes. And we're like, this looks very deliberate. These bushes were thriving and suddenly yeah. they're brown. And they're just dead under the power and lines. And they're only dead right here. Anyway, they, they had come and sprayed. And so we reached out to them and we're like, uh, you cannot just spray here. We're growing things here. Yeah. And they were like, yeah, you're right. So they refunded us for the plants. And yeah. because it was clear that we had planted them, there was like black plastic around the base of these plants. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then they, uh, they gave us signs to put up. They gave us signs. And then they also, like he showed me on the map, they have like a digital map and our entire property is like blocked off in red. It's mm-hmm. like, so when they pull it up, they know like, don't spray no this whole thing. Yeah. yeah. Which is like, 
Okay. Can I just tell all my neighbors? To right. Them? Yeah. I mean, Stay out of our whole area. If yeah. you don't have a property or yeah. a farm, just call them and tell them that anyway. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, so that I feel like that's a quick tip. That's a good, like, go through that checklist mm-hmm. and get all that done. And I think you'll see some tax savings and some just like peace of mind and knowing that liability and other things are covered for the most part. And it's one of those things that, you know, uh, like a bad experience could really just ruin everything for you. You know, right. people sue like crazy these days. And if you don't know what your rights are or, where, you know, how you're going to take care of things, then it can be really daunting. Yeah. And potentially you could you could be in big trouble. Yeah. But the truth is all of these are here like sort of to to, to protect you and it's it definitely sleep easier at night. Yeah, for sure. And if you want like personal help with this, we always have the homestead audit which we can come out and kind of give you even more ideas on liability and protecting your homestead and setting up a successful homestead. It's one of our favorite things to do. You can go to the schoolhouselife.com and click on the homestead audit button and um, we'll get talking with you about how we can help you. Yeah, on site or online. So if you're too far for us to actually come to you, but we are excited to help you however we can.